Hello and welcome to the Narrowgate podcast. This is Orly, your host again, and I'm delighted to be back with you. This is episode 32 of the Narrowgate. Um, and today, as you can see by the title, I'm discussing something new. Uh, some of you may have heard of this practice and others may not. I must let you know that this is quite new to me. It's called Ho'oponopono. Um, I have heard of this before. Um, this comes from Hawaii. It's an ancient Hawaiian problem-solving process which goes back for years in the Hawaiian tradition. And this is something that God has brought to me this Christmas, New Year, um, as a tool for healing, and I have used it. And it has worked for me, and I'm totally delighted, and I want to share it with uh, my audience here. So um, bear with me as I go through this, because I am still learning it and understanding it fully myself, and... Um, as it's already worked, I'm delighted because I have now some evidence that it does work for me. So um, let me just start briefly. So what is Ho'oponopono? Well, this is the word and it's a Hawaiian word and it's a practice, as I said, a problem-solving practice it's, um, of reconciliation and forgiveness. But uh, that's what it was originally designed for, that they used in the uh, Hawaiian culture to resolve problems usually within families. Now, it's fantastic, the process, but that won't be what I'm talking about today. And I have written that in my notebook also, and I might write about that as well because it's a wonderful sort of, I would say, like you could describe it like mediation. It's like they, the trained practitioner is the mediator in the family helping to bring forgiveness and reconciliation to the members of the family and they have a process and i'm you know i followed one of the women who's doing it and she's fantastic oh really impressed and i think i could use it myself in my own practice some of the real mature approach so uh, i was amazed because i didn't think Ho'oponopono was so advanced in its um, research. So anyway, a little bit more um, on the definition. So pono is a Hawaiian word which means righteousness. So obviously I really like that being a Christian and it fit very well with me. Okay, so it means to put things in perfect order. Ho'oponopono uh, translates as correction. Yeah, to put right, to make right, to make an amend, to make peace, to reconcile. So when God gave me this process uh, few, last week, uh, I was just amazed how God is so in tune with what's going on in my life. I'm so grateful. So um, as I go through it, more will be revealed about what it is. And you can look it up yourself also. Okay, so I just want to give you a little background about where I first heard about Ho'oponopono because a lot of you know that I've been traveling for six years and so I first heard about this a few years ago, I think about three or four years ago um, when I was visiting Chiang Mai in Thailand. I was on a, I was on a visa run, you know, which you have to do to get your visa. You have to go to another country and come back. So, and I met this Austrian woman, young woman, at a hostel, we're in the same room, uh, 
And she had been traveling for one year. She took a career break and I was, you know, on an ongoing travel experience. And um, we were talking about um, something that had happened to both of us on our travels. Obviously, you meet people when you travel. So we had both uh, found, met people who had, um, we lost our peace. We had met people. So she had met a guy that she dated and went out with. And I met somebody who was a friend. We didn't have a kind of relationship, but we spent time together. And, um, but we had both lost our peace over it because I think we were both those kind of, we were both spiritual in a sense. And uh, we both like traveling alone. Uh, we like solo traveling. We, you know, like reading. We like prayer. And I, I don't think she was Christian, but she's open-minded to God. Um, so, so her problem was that this guy wasn't going to commit to a relationship and they were still in contact. And I had met this man who was uh, saying he was a friend um, I'd met him through work, but he was actually, I was discerned that he was quite dishonest and he was a little bit dangerous on an emotional sense, like manipulative, controlling, that kind of behavior. Um, so I felt he took my peace away. And um, so when I met her, we were both sharing this, okay? Um, so we really helped each other a lot during that time. It was really nice how we helped each other. We used to go for walks and coffee. Um, and then she told me about Ho'oponopono. She says, have you ever heard of this? I said, no. She goes, her mother, she goes, oh, my mother gave it to me. It's a meditation and it's to help you to forgive. So she just sent me the link and it was a, a chant, uh, just praying the prayer with nice soft music. And I'm still at it. I'm very open-minded, as you know. Everybody knows I discern if I like it or not. And so I used it for a while at night and I listened to the song and I quite enjoyed it. And I think it helped with my forgiveness. I did move on from that situation. Um, I moved on and I started doing my own things and I did come to the conclusion to that that guy was not a good person to have in my life and I could contact with him completely. So I don't know if I would put that down to the oh, oh pono pono, uh, but it was it definitely helped me a little bit. Um, so, um, how did it come to me this week? So, but this week, God brought this to my mind. I had this um, over Christmas. I had been praying because it's Christmas, okay, Advent. And I really, really like Christmas now because I don't do the old traditional family thing because I don't have all that around me when I'm traveling. So I really love going to church and I love going for walks and praying. So I get into the spirit of Christmas by prayer and purification and, you know, purifying my mind and heart. But um, anyone who knows if you do these things, you do open up. You're opening yourself up to the Spirit of God. And so sometimes I, I do it, but I'm not very aware that the Holy Spirit is then entering in because I've made space, yeah? So, but I think I'm, the Ho'opono Pono has made me more aware that that's actually what happens when you're praying and worshiping and taking time out. You just literally clear all the junk away. 
and your mind opens, your heart opens, and the spirit comes in and starts working. So that's what was happening, but I hadn't really processed it. So what happened is when that happened, a memory came up from my past a long time ago, and it was very dark memory, something I wanted to block out. Now, it wasn't my childhood. I was, you know, I was, I was like a young adult. Um, so you probably hear the beeping out there. They're the motorbikes here in Vietnam. So I was very aware. Okay, I... Um, so by studying the whole Ho'oponopono, I was able to see more clearly what was going on in my mind due to the prayer. So when this memory came up and I looked at the person, you know, I realized who the person was, what the memory was, and it was very vivid. It just came back very clear. Uh, so all I could remember and see was how they had wronged me and I had the vivid memory on my mind and it was making me feel very uneasy. It was uncomfortable, though, even thinking about this person. I wanted it just to go. I mean, I wasn't expecting this to come up, somebody from a long, long time ago. And um, so I knew this wasn't good, that I was thinking about them and feeling uncomfortable. I was like, uh, I knew that this wasn't good. How could I be having a reaction inside of me that was disturbing my peace? When I hadn't seen this person in, say, 20 years. Now, I didn't like this interruption in my life because, as I say, I was enjoying my time. Yet, I felt it must have come from God. I decided to pray about it. Maybe I just needed to forgive again. I had forgiven this person before. Um, forgive again and the feeling would leave me, which usually happens with many things. So I prayed for a while, and then later I felt prompted to send this person a, Christ, a Christmas message. You know, I really felt that was the Lord because I did not like this person. You know, when our relationship finished, I did not like this person. So um, I thought, okay, maybe I just need to forgive and whatever, send this message. So I thought, okay, so maybe the message by sending a Christmas message, it might help me to find peace. Maybe that's what the prompt was. I wasn't sure. Anyway, I decided through prayer that I would send it, and I also consulted a friend of mine briefly, and she says, if it you know, could bring you peace, why not? You're doing it for you, not him. So I sent the message. I was hoping I'd never hear from him, and yet, yet he did respond. When he responded... It seemed he was interested in chatting, you know. Uh, but I wasn't interested in chatting. All I could think about was his rotten behavior years ago, and I felt quite uncomfortable approaching the subject. I needed God's help. It had become apparent to me that this dark memory had hurt me a lot and that it was buried in my subconscious mind but had come up to my conscious mind because of all the prayer. The Holy Spirit had been working in me and I wasn't even aware of it, as I said earlier. So I said to God, I need help with this. I'm finding it difficult. I don't know what to do, how to even approach the subject. It was at that point that the, 
I was just sort of praying and I walk around the apartment. Like if I prayed, I share people about prayer because if you're not used to a prayer life, I'd like to share how I pray and, you know, give you ideas, you know. So sometimes I just pray about it and then I just walk around my apartment, you know, have a cup of tea, you know, not like anxiously sitting on my knees praying all the time. I pray and I have a little walk around and then I, you know, so that's what I was doing. I was just walking around the apartment and ho o pono pono came to my mind as clear as day. I mean, it was so crystal clear. There was nothing else in my mind, just that. I knew that was God, so I went. I said, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I went to the song, and, the, and I looked it up, the song, and I, I've added it to the newsletter. You can see it below. It's beautiful, very nice little chant. So I thought, oh, yeah, that might relax. That could be relaxing. I'll put that on the background now. That's what I did. Uh, but little did I know that Ho'oponopono is a clearly structured process used by the Hawaiian tradition to deal with forgiveness and reconciliation. And I was like, wow, Lord, you are so on top of things. <laughs> like, you know, this was an issue of reconciliation, forgiveness and reconciliation. No, I didn't really want reconciliation because I didn't want reconciliation with the person. As I'm saying this as well, I just want to say to people around forgiveness and reconciliation, you know, if you've been hurt in life by anybody, you know, forgiveness is key. You have to do that part for yourself. You must do it or you'll never have peace. So if I just got peace, that would be enough. Reconciliation with the person is totally different. I had no desire for that, and I still have no desire for that. But I can get reconciliation within my own heart with myself and with God, which really kind of takes the peace to another level. So you're really getting forgiveness for yourself for allowing it to happen or you know, whatever the incident was for you. But if I was to look back at what happened to me in that situation, I was kind of not in a great state back then. I used to be depressed. And you could blame yourself for allowing somebody to take advantage in the kind of, um, you know, of your kind of vulnerability. Uh, so you have to forgive yourself and then ask for God's forgiveness. Why... You say, why am I asking for God's forgiveness? We ask for God's forgiveness for holding on to the resentment and the hurt. Even though I didn't know I was holding on to it. Okay, so this ho-o-pono-pono process is so amazing because it really stretches you as a person because... One of the big things with it is 100% responsibility. So my responsibility was, even though I wasn't aware of it, it was in my subconscious, which means I own it. Um, okay, so it's better just to do that. So you just ask for God to forgive you, forgive yourself, and you can pray the prayer, okay? I'll tell you more about the prayer. Um, so we are always starting with ourselves and not the other person. Okay, so this process is so good and I'll go into it in more detail. Um, just remember, it's no blame. You can't blame the other person. 
Now, when I told this person, we did continue some emails, I did say what happened. Memory was so vivid. I said, I remember this happened, blah, blah, blah. And I said it in the email. Now, this person goes, oh, but I felt you were judging me. Now, I, here, I was not judging him. And I want people to know this also. There's a lot of this out there. If you call people, call people out on their abusive behavior, they might say to you, oh, don't judge me. That's not, you're not judging them. You're saying, I'm not judging you. I am showing you. I'm calling you out. I'm putting a mirror in front of you. This is what happened. Deny it if you like, but I'm telling you, this is what happened. Are you going to take ownership of it or not? That's whether you do or you don't. It's not my problem. What I'm doing is showing you, and I'm now going to forgive you. Now, we don't have to do this, but I got led to do it with this person. Why did I get led? I would imagine maybe because God feels... God is doing something in that person's life at this stage. It's a long time ago, 20 years ago. I've been born again Christian for over 20 years. And so this person still isn't a Christian. So um, I don't know what God is doing in his life. I don't really care what God is doing in his life, but I do care to be obedient to what God might be doing in someone else's life. Okay, so let's go on a bit more. So, Many people have been behind this, uh, have practiced this um, Ho'opono, and there's been many different versions. Ho'opono Pono. I better say it right. So uh, there's many people that have studied it uh, along. Uh, there's many different names here. I've written them down. But I'm going to start with, say, in 1976, Morna Simona. She was um, one of the practitioners who started um, doing this practice and she took it away from the family sort of um, reconciliation process and identified it as a problem solving process for the individual and she started something called the um, self-identity self-identity okay Um, so this process is excellent for all of us on our own individuals you can do it yourself um, if you learn how to do it Um, and it's not that difficult now it does take a while for the brain to click you know and that's why I'm doing it here and I'm going to do some more Um, and I've watched some of the I've watched some of the workshops and it's really interesting watching the people asking the questions because they you know people with the intellect if you're not if you're not been if you have not been on a spiritual journey for a long time, your 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 intellect isn't really good at letting go. I've been a long time on a spiritual journey, so I'm quite open minded. So um, I'll have a few little questions, but I can just surrender them and let them go because I do know it's a spiritual process. So it's not just spiritual; it's also very practical. You know, the you know they've done the research psychology. And it's also teaching about the brain and then the spiritual process too. So, you know, it has that uh, mind, body, soul, spirit dimension to it. So it's really good. And as regards to whether or not you can use it as a Christian, absolutely. Why not? I don't find any fault in it. So the good thing for us Christians is that Morna Simona was using it from a Christian perspective. Now, there were people before that who weren't, you know, centuries before. Apparently, when it first 
this has gone on so long. When the missionaries first came to Hawaii, they actually um, banned this practice. But the missionaries were doing terrible things back then. They were just wiping out cultures, which is a disgrace. Should be apologizing to these indigenous cultures for what they did, the missionaries. Well, I apologize on their behalf as, as a Christian. I feel I have the authority to do that. Why not? I, I'm ashamed of some of the things missionaries did. I always wanted to be a missionary, and but in my mind I say, no, I can't be a missionary. Look what they did. I studied anthropology, if anybody doesn't know, and sociology, that's my degree. So I do know about anthropology, uh, you know, cultures and how people have come in from other cultures, mainly Western, I'm sorry to say, uh, and forcing their culture on another culture, where there's no reason why, as a, because look, I'm doing it now, there's no reason why they couldn't have taken that wonderful practice and adapted it uh, with a Christian model, but no, they had to go in and dominate so Morna Simona was a healing priest, a female, so a woman, with color priest, and extended both to a general problem-solving process, yes, and a psycho-spiritual self-help program. So she sort of adapted it and then carried it out in 1976. And then when she passed away, um, Dr. Hugh Lynn came along. He's a psychologist, and he took it on, and he followed on from her. So I've been sort of following his model and reading a little bit of hers because hers has got the Christian perspective. So if I feel he's not 100% in tune with my spirituality, then I will add, go back to her and look at the Protestant Catholic. So she was um, influenced by her Christian Protestant and Catholic education and her philosophical studies about India, China. Uh, yeah, that's what I know. Okay, so she had a different process. It was a 14-step process, and he has changed it. So I'm looking more on the Dr. Hugh Len. Um, he's Hawaiian as well, and he uh, followed on from her. So who is Dr. Hugh Len then? So Dr. Hugh Len was a psychologist who healed. That's this great story. You can look it up yourself. It's proven to be true. It was a psychologist who worked in a prison in Hawaii, and when he was working there as a staff psychologist, he healed an entire ward of mentally ill criminals without seeing any of them. Okay, I'm not going to try to convince anybody of these things. I'm just telling you what I read and what I heard, and I believe it. I believe it. I don't question. I just say, yeah, that's totally possible. Now, most people can't get their head around it. I think, wow, it's wonderful. Wow, I love it. How did he do it? He didn't even see them. Because in this prison, it was gone crazy spiritually, right? It, there was spiritual warfare basically going on. And not only were the prisoners violent and attacking each other, they were attacking the staff. And the staff were beautiful, nice, good staff. And there was also kind of um, spirits were um, in like almost like a haunted house, a haunted ward. Like the toilets were flushing in the middle of the night, nobody around and strange behavior, things like that. So there was a spiritual thing. Um, so they were desperate. At the, at the hospital they needed help you know so he went in he said well i'm not going to actually see them but can i see their charts 
So by looking at his charts and praying to the divine, to God, he says to the divine, so I may use the word divine because that's what he says. Okay, us Christians will say God to the Lord. So how he did it is praying to the divine. He's not praying for the, uh, when you do the process, you have to get this right. You're not praying to the, for the prisoners. You're not praying for the man. I'm not praying for the man who annoyed me years ago. We're praying to the divine for the feeling that he has experienced when he was working in, in the staff psychologist. For example, I was getting this memory of this man years ago that, well, I actually went out with him, you know, and it didn't end well. He wasn't very nice. And I, uh, that feeling started to come up, that feeling of hurt and anger or whatever. So we don't blame, so I don't blame. So we take the feeling and we pray the prayer. Okay, so his prayer is very, very simple. I love you. Okay, remember who we're directing it at? God. I love you. God. Okay, so he wants really simple, so just four little sentences. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. And you repeat that over and over and over again until you feel this peace coming. So he prayed this to God and the patients healed one by one and then they, till eventually they were all healed and the prison actually closed. Believe it or not, that's the truth. So I took notes on this study and I'm going to go to the notebook now. Um, there's also some diagrams. So I'm going to go through my notebook with you. Um, I have put them into a sort of a order that I can use again for my own practice, but also for clients if they ever feel they would like to use this process. I think it's very good. I'm going to maybe refine it a bit more so that I'm very um, comfortable with using it myself and comfortable teaching it to other people um, and for Christians. Now, a lot of Christians are not at all open-minded about a lot of things and <clears throat> I I actually find it very hard to find Christians who are on the healing journey who are really open-minded, believe it or not. And I'm talking around the world because I've traveled the world and where are these people who are trying to heal people and we're Christians? So, um, so I will adopt this myself, uh, this model a bit more on the Christian uh, level but to be honest I used it and I didn't feel any problem it didn't I didn't feel anything only God's peace about it so there will be some diagrams okay Okay. There's a lot in it, so I'm not going to... I'm just reading there. I don't want to go into the deep, because if I go through too deep too soon, people will be lost, okay? So let's go back to uh, my notes now and just run through it, okay? Um, starting here with Dr. Hugh Len. Okay, so he... You'll get used to his language, and I actually kind of like it, because you know why? Because he strips everything down to simplicity, and I love simplicity because life is complicated, and people love to make Christianity very complicated. Yeah, we have to read the Bible and we have to learn about it. And 
that's true. And I've been down that journey as well. And I've done that. And I continue to read the Bible and pray. But um, God asks us, if you want to, if you really want to heal, you've got to ask for help. And you have to be willing to take the help when it comes. And you got to realize in the Bible the way things worked, you know. You know, I always laugh sometimes. I say, remember God used a donkey in the Bible once to talk to someone. A donkey. I always do that when I come across something new because it reminds me just to have an open mind. And then I say, well, Jesus walked on water and he changed he changed uh, water to wine and he, and he healed the blind and the crippled. And, you know, he's a miracle worker. He rose from the dead. He's alive today. He put a spirit in me. So I don't know what sort of Christianity people are living. I think they think Jesus is like an ordinary regular man with a little book going around, you know, saying a few prayers. Like, I really don't know what people are thinking. So, ho, ho, pono, pono, Dr. Hugh Lynn. So his goal is to get back to zero. Get used to that word, zero. I thought it was funny, but I like it. Zero to him is like, he calls it zero, it's like home base. What's home base from a Christian perspective? It's when you get back to your center. In the Catholic Church, we used to always say centering prayer, or we get the centering prayer. I used to do it years ago, okay? Everybody has their own way. Then you, Or another way is to get peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. I want to get centered. I want to get back to zero. It's abiding in Christ. Are you abiding? Are you in alignment with God? Are you connected vertically, or is your mind all over the place? All of these things. So he's using the word zero, get back to base. When we're off base, oh, I'm chasing this job, I'm chasing that relationship, I'm chasing that money, I'm chasing that addiction. Okay, when you're doing all those things, you are off base. So the goal is to get back to zero. Remember that, zero is peace. Constant zeroing, he says. I find him quite funny, I quite like him. So everybody has their own way of learning, but... I suppose if you feel a good connection with someone, it really helps with learning, and I do like it. So if I feel uneasy, he calls it do more cleaning. Another term he uses, cleaning, okay? So I have seen that in some of the healing circles. I think most of the non-Christians would be familiar with that. Christians don't use it. (laughs) Christians might say purification. Okay, so he's using the word clearing, cleaning. He says cleaning. I've heard clearing as well. So what basically that means is getting all the toxic energy out of you, the negative energy, the bad energy. So the cleaning, what is the cleaning? Say the prayer again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. You can sit and do that, go for a walk, or you can sit and do a meditation. Now I will say for any of you Christians out there who are very nervous of this stuff, okay, I will say that he does go on, he has different cleaning methods that he uses, and he does do some things that I say, okay, that's a little bit out there. (laughs) Lord, uh, what do you think of that? You know, he will... um, 
this is my theory anyway. So he'll do things with people and say, okay, so you want to get some fruit then or get bluebells from the, um, from the, you know, the garden or something. And so after you do the cleaning, have a blue, bring in the bluebells because they bring in elegance and something, something. Now that just sounds a bit wacko, doesn't it really? But I've been a long time a Christian and, um, I also can kind of see where he's going at with that, his theory behind that. Um, I had to say, well, Lord, you know, idolatry and all that, so we don't want anything. But he doesn't tell them to worship it. He just says, bring it in for some sort of brightness and elegance, uh, you know. But my thought as to why he's doing that would be that some people have zero spirituality, they don't know anything about Christ. They've rejected the Bible. They've rejected everything about God. They haven't got a clue about spirit, you know, about Jesus or anything like that. So, but they will follow something kind of new agey that it, that it feels new agey, and they need help because they're having problems. They're broke. They don't have money. They're unhappy. They have drug addiction. They could be in violent relationships. They could have mental illnesses. They're, they're in trouble. This man's a psychologist. So my thought is from Jesus, if I was Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, but from my uh, prayer with Jesus, I'd say, well, you know, you've got to heal the people. I mean, when Jesus went around healing people, did he say, he didn't always say, I'm the son of God. And you you must pray to me. No, he just healed them. And people knew who he was and that, but he didn't say it to everybody. He just put his sand in people's eyes and said, mushing sand in people's eyes. What's he mushing sand in their eyes for? You know, like it could be a distraction from the mental intellect because the intellect is the thing that's going to prevent us from healing. I just laugh at these approaches. I don't think there's a problem with it. I know people think I'm totally wacky, but I'm following God now, and God's taking me down a road that's like, God, what are you doing? The Christians would give up on me now. Um, but the Christians are stuck. They're stuck in religion. They're stuck in churches, uh, you know, pulpits that are just throwing out a load of rubbish. No healing. They're not even loving one another. That's the sad part. Okay, so now, that's, hopefully that's reassured you a bit. So at zero, he calls it divine creation, okay? And um, I would say uh, at zero, the Holy, I would say that the Holy Spirit comes in to you. You're connecting with God again. The Holy Spirit can, can come in. And that is how I got that image of that guy, ex-boyfriend years ago, because the Holy, I was open and the Holy Spirit, I know how God is. That you need to get that out of your subconscious. Up it came. And I thought, oh, I don't want to have to do this. It's going to be so painful. It takes so long. Yeah, it took a while. It took a week, week to 10 days to do the thing. But that's, that's better than having it there for 25 years, isn't it? Um, so we're always sort of cleaning out to... Basically, if you take this practice, you could be continuously cleaning out stuff from the past and getting the stuff out. He calls it data. I like that too. Data, what is it? 
um, he's using terminology like computer terminology, which is quite good, I think, also, because if you imagine your computer, you have a memory bank. In the memory bank is the subconscious where you have all these memories. And what are the memories? In the subconscious is where all this programming is coming from. And lots of people nowadays are becoming aware. The programming from childhood. Our families, our cultures, you do this, you do that, and you do this. Oh, my gosh, my whole life was planned out for me before I was seven. You're going to do this, you're a girl. Okay, so that means you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, you're going to have a house, you're going to do this, you're going to go to college, you're going to do that, and then you're going to do that. It was all planned out for me. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, that's not very exciting for me. I didn't really buy it. I don't. I didn't buy into it. I didn't buy into it when I was young. Some people did, and they went for it. But I, I, I hadn't got peace even as a child about that. So a lot of this programming, old tapes, scripts, false beliefs, negative beliefs, low self-esteem. I'm good for nothing. I'm worthy of nothing. I'm going to fail. Who would love me? I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. You know. And we're all going around with this in our head, in the subconscious, since we're children. It's, it's a miracle that any of us are even walking. So another part of this process you must know is the mind. The mind is divided up into three parts. The subconscious, which is the lower part down in the basement. The conscious mind right now. I'm aware that I'm doing this. I'm very aware that I'm doing a podcast. That's my conscious mind. The superconscious mind is the higher self. It's when I'm moving upwards into prayer. And I go in and I say, I'm praying, Lord, I'm bringing this to you in prayer. And I enter into prayer and worship. That means I've moved into the superconscious. Is what they're calling it. It's just a name. And within the superconscious, that is where I can connect with the divine. I can connect with God there. I can't connect with God if I'm down here in my crazy, crazy mind. Yeah, so that's why he says you need to go back to zero, which means get all the negative stuff out of your head. And you get it out of your head by praying the prayers. Okay, so after you say the prayer, you can use, I mean, I've been praying for years anyway, so this makes sense to me. It's just that he's given me a simple prayer. I've been praying for years and it works and I've had things come up for me, but I didn't have a process that I could maybe use like this is really quick, short and fast. I've had huge breakthroughs in my prayer life over the years. It's amazing the things, but I sort of didn't process the fact that this is how God's doing it. Very straightforward. So then you say the prayer again get back to base please forgive me i'm sorry thank you i love you just pray calm get back to base back to god center forget about your job forget about your boyfriend girlfriend forget about the money problems forget forget get them out clear the mind and so i need only to pray about me okay and then I need only pray to God about me, in me. So I'm praying about me, my perceptions in me. I'm not praying about my problems. 
So what he's saying is this process is a problem-solving process, but we're not focusing on the problem. Yes, we say here's the problem. This problem makes me feel this way. And then you pray about that feeling to God. God knows we don't know what we're praying for. And that's the main thing as well. It's like I say, why am I praying for some guy that treated me badly years ago? I'm not praying for him, but I'm praying for me. But once the person comes into your reality, you know the way they say we create our own reality? Once the person's in your reality, you take 100% responsibility for that there, and then you pray to God because you don't know what you're cleaning. It could be spiritual. It could be generational, it could be cultural, you know. It could be demonic, spiritual warfare, yeah? So remember, no judging, no blaming. It's not about the person or the problem. Take 100% responsibility. We cannot blame or judge anyone. You can call them out on their behavior and then say to them, I forgive you, I'm just letting you know so that you will have awareness and I will pray for me to forgive you more but I want to help you by telling you maybe they forgot maybe they didn't think they hurt you you're giving them an opportunity to be healed maybe they didn't know maybe they can say sorry maybe they can repent so I just said to that guy I said don't have to worry about me I've forgiven you that's why I'm here but are you going to forgive yourself and are you going to ask God to forgive you? Like he apologized, we're fine. But is he fine? And this is another thing about the Ho'oponopono. It's so beautiful. I encourage anyone to read it. They say when you go to make peace with someone and you get peace, you don't just go, great, now I can get on with my life. You see, which I did. I got my peace. I didn't want to be reconciled. I knew exactly what I was going in for and I knew exactly what I wanted, which was peace of mind. Say it to the person if possible. Try to get as much peace as possible and say goodbye. Close the door. But with the Ho'oponopono, they're very beautiful and God is the same. What about him? Are you just going to run off before he gets his peace also? So we try our best to help them to find peace also. So you want to leave the situation to say to them, is there anything you need to ask me? Is there any clarification that you need that would bring you peace? I feel at peace now. Thank you for, you know. And then you just try to bring it to that place where you both have peace. You don't have to be reconciled. You never have to see them again. That's another piece of the puzzle. In the, in, this, in the case of a family reconciliation process, then the family would decide, <clears throat> are they going to stay in contact or is there going to be no contact? With someone with my situation, I have chosen I don't want contact. I made that decision at the beginning, so I don't want it. So you're, in, you're, you're holding the power. You're holding the power, but you're getting healing. Okay. So remember the memory. Um, 
uh, you're you're kind of uh, getting the memory up so that the memory will be deleted. So you're cleaning the memories, okay? All the memories in your subconscious mind, which he calls the memory bank, you're cleaning them, cleaning them, cleaning them, getting them out, detoxifying, clearing, purification, sanctification. You're cleaning all this junk out. It's data. He calls it data. It's junk. He calls it BS. You know, it's funny, you know. But I try to not use bad language. But you could call it uh, junk, rubbish, trash. It is trash, not good about it. And that's all in your subconscious, my subconscious. I got that out, that dark memory out. And you know what? I can't wait to get the rest of the stuff out. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I feel great. And I do. That's why I'm sharing it. Because there's a hook, you know, there's a hook if you're still tied to the past. And the other side of it is it's dead. The memory's dead. It's the past. So it's actually not even alive. It's, it's kind of a dead thing. So the memory has to be deleted. So he says, erase the memory. Uh, this is the goal of the process. So we're not there yet. So bear with me. If you're following this, get a notebook. Because I want you to kind of draw the diagram. And I'm going to somehow try to get that diagram get an image of that diagram and I'm going to put it in a newsletter and maybe I could get it here as well later but just write it in your notebook those parts of the mind again okay you can just do it with circles you have the conscious mind the subconscious mind with memories scripts tapes programs data all down there in the basement I call it down the basement because it's dark and they need to come up and come out they're blocking you that's why you're stuck you can't make your money it's nothing to do with all the hard work when they're gone you're going to be free what about your money blocks there that's what I want to work on after I got rid of that last one. I feel amazing. I mean, energy-wise, I feel free. I feel happy. Unforgiveness is horrible. So the next thing I want to work on is money blocks. Why? Because if I am to look back at money in my life, yeah, there's a lot of negative feelings, thoughts around money. So what we have to do, they're just memories, thoughts, programs. We have to get them up, out, and transmuted into light and love which means then they're gone forever so the light will erase them so uh if you looked at my uh blogs at christmas i just talked about the light of jesus christ jesus is the light of the world light heals light will kill the darkness It'll just wipe it out, erase it. But the approach we're taking is not an angry approach because that doesn't work for healing. It just doesn't work. It's aggressive. Aggress aggression does not work against aggression. Darkness does not work against darkness. So he says, you must love, like loving your enemies. You're loving your enemies. That melts their hearts. Now, also the memories the data, the programming, they're also your enemies, so you love them to death. And that's where the prayer comes in. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. You're saying that to the old memory that told you that you're good for nothing and I'm no good and I'm never going to have anything and nobody will love me and I won't have any money and I'm going to, I'm going to end up on the street. Do you know this 
Tof. I love you. Okay, so also within the subconscious, I don't know where you are on your healing journey. I hope I'm trying to find the right people who will come on this journey because many Christians are going to look at this and say, oh, she's crazy and run away. And I want them to run away because they'll never, you know, I won't say never, they're not there yet. They haven't reached the spiritual awareness yet. So, um, yeah, so you want to get into the subconscious and remove these uh, things and will be the Holy Spirit that's doing it, by the way, Christians. So problems are memories replaying in the back of your mind, your subconscious mind, okay? So I have a problem. Don't focus on the problem. That's a memory playing in the back of your mind. You've got to get it. You've got to get access to it. And this is the goal. We're trying to get at the memory. How? And this is the miracle part of this process. I am like trying to celebrate here today. So Ho'oponopono, which is reconciliation, making things right, is about appealing to the divinity to go down into our subconscious mind through the prayer to bring it to the conscious mind. So you're going down, down, down by the prayer because the prayer is open. Prayer opens the doorway and down, 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 pick up the memory. The memory will come up that's meant to come up. It's according to the problem. So whatever problem you faced or what it, it just came up. And then it comes up to erase it. So you have to get back to your base, your prayer space, and you do that through prayer. So uh, these are all at, so when you get to that prayer, that place of zero, which is back to prayer, you bring your um, conscious mind and you're praying and praying. Let's begin with zero. Okay, so you say, get to your zero state, which is like a blank cloth, he says. It's like a, imagine a blank white cloth. That's you. All the data gone, all the memories, you're just sitting in peace with God, abiding in him. For writers out there, you could think of the blank paper when you're about to write. It's a blank sheet. No data playing in the background. No voices saying you're no good. No old memory of some boyfriend who was a bit of a horrible guy. Yeah, they're gone. Get rid of them. We probably only attracted those people years ago because we were in a low state. And so we would have attracted someone who wasn't good for us. So you're getting into this state, and this is the spiritual place of nothingness. Yeah? Nothingness, emptying out. Nothingness, all the different disciplines talk about it. The Buddhism, nothingness, void, zero, the face of God, you and the creator. So when you get to this place, inspiration then comes, you see, the inspiration. God breathes into the situation. What does God breathe in? He breathes in ideas, talents, creative ideas, ways to, oh, do this project, do that project. No, don't do that, do this. It just comes like naturally. After you have done the uh, letting go of the memory, I don't expect you to get this the first time. I didn't either. Just listen. It'll go in eventually. 
So as soon as the memory comes up, okay, from the prayer, up comes a memory. There you see it. You bring it to your cat. It comes up and then it cancels the inspiration. Okay, so the cycle again. You see, you get free and then more memories come. The memories come, then you have no inspiration. That means, oh my gosh, I was going to write a book. Now I don't want to write the book. I was just about to do a video. I was going to start a YouTube video, but oh, now I just feel tired. So memory came up and it destroyed it. So he says you have two choices all the time. You're always choosing. Are you choosing the data or are you choosing inspiration? The data is the memory and you caught in the memory, you got to get rid of it. You're out of balance, you're out of step. So memory takes us out of step, but we've been out of step for centuries. Most of the time, 99.9% of the time we're out of step. People are out of alignment, they're out of balance. So ho-o-pono-pono is about getting back to zero, reconciliation with you and Christ. Basically, back to God. How do you do this, getting back to base, zero? You do it by this cleaning process, the cleaning process is the prayer. If you don't like the prayer that he has chosen, use your own prayer. Be creative. I write to creative people anyway because there's people out there and they're not creative and they just can't get this. I appeal to creative people because their minds are open. Open to possibility. Open to things not being as they seem. So divinity can come through. Um, I want to go into that again. Okay, so we're back to base. After you retrieve the memory and then you delete the memory. God deletes it. Now, I know I haven't clearly said how do you delete that. If you're following me along. Hey, she hasn't really clearly said how to delete that memory. Here we are. I'm going to explain it. Cleaning to be free. So your mind is quiet again. So when you have your mind like this, you're ready. And now God can come forth into life. And the spirit will flow and love and peace and light will come. So that's after you get this out all right so here's the process okay so as i said before from the bottom of a chart so i'm looking at a diagram here from the bottom you have subconscious mind and above that is this conscious mind and then above that is the superconscious mind and above that is god the divine that's it okay imagine that in your mind so go down to the subconscious and in there, you will have M for memory. The memory is kept in the subconscious mind, and that is the data. So that would be, that was the memory where I was holding on to a memory from years ago that was hurtful. And that hurt was as alive in there as it happened 20 years ago. So that would be a block. So isn't that sad when I think about it? My it was very sad that I was holding on to that. So people are holding on to stuff in their childhood. And it's alive. Because I can tell you myself, it was alive. I was like, oh. When it came up, I was like, ow. I feel it. That's a really 
difficult, isn't it? We lived it once and then we're living it again. So this is the process. So when you do the cleaning, which is the prayer, you're praying, I love you, please forgive me, thank you, I am sorry. Okay, you do that, you get your peace. It opens up the doorway into the subconscious. Number one. You pray that prayer with your conscious mind. Then that opens the doorway into the subconscious and that goes down to get the data, which is the problem and the memory, because that is where the hurt and pain is. The cleaning is gently. The cleaning, he's calling it cleaning. It means praying, praying, I love you, thank you, forgive me. So that's you're trying to retrieve this memory, this painful memory out of the subconscious. I love you, please forgive me. And, you know, he describes it beautifully. This I like you, Len. He's kind of poetic, and he likes to quote a lot from Shakespeare and a lot from the Bible. I like, he will always say, seek first the kingdom of God, and he talk about Shakespeare and all that. So he's talking about down at the bottom. It's like rocking the bottom of the rocks, at, you know, the bottom of the ocean, and you're shaking up the rocks, and the sand has kind of been stirred up, and then up comes to memory, right? So you're rocking it. The prayer is like rocking, 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 and up comes to memory, okay, which is the hurt. It's painful. So what do you do then? You take the hurt, so that's number two. It's like one, two, and then three. Number three, you go up. You, you found it. I found it. I had a memory from 20 years ago of that incident with the next. So I said, oh, I don't like this. What do I do? I say, hey, God. Now I go up with this in prayer because I've opened up now. I'm in the superconscious because I've been praying, which means that opens up my spiritual superconscious mind. So I'm now beyond the conscious. I'm above. You've moved to the higher level. And in the superconscious mind, you're like, okay, like what am I supposed to do with this? And you keep praying. So you now direct contact with God. You're entering the Holy of Holies for us Christians who know what that means. You are now entering the Holy of Holies with your problem. You're presenting it to the Father. I found this pain and I'm sorry I've been carrying it. I didn't know I was carrying it. Please can you help me with this to erase it from my memory? So what is it that goes up? Of course, God answers prayer. He wants to. He's delighted. You knock. says, knock, seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open unto you. God, please, will you please? You're my father, please. Yeah, of course. Doesn't the father always give us what we ask for? So he comes down. Yes, my child. So what happens is the divine comes down, 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 down. And starts to melt it away. They call it transmutation. The light transmutes the darkness into something new, which is the light, and then that is gone. It's not even deleted because he said, look, when you delete on your computer, it's still, it's still in the trash bin, isn't it? No, a complete delete permanently, gone forever. Now, when I did this, I did say, wow, it feels like it's gone, but I did feel a little residual for a while. And so he knew about that. So I was like, but I still feel a little bit. How is that? So this has been researched and practiced. So I was thinking, 
Yeah, I feel better. The, the sharp edges is gone. The pain is gone. I feel a lot better, but I feel the residual of the memory, you know, still a bit of that, you know, that sour taste in your after someone did something nasty to you? It's hard to get rid of that kind of aftertaste. It's like, okay, not 100% gone. And so he says, well, that is part of the process. So what happens is, first of all, which means you're going to stay in prayer for quite a while. The goal is to live a prayer for life every day of the week. But it depends where you are on your spiritual journey. The idea is what happens is it first neutralizes it. So that's when I felt better. It's like the emergency bandage. I, I'm a nurse, you know that, so I might use things like that, okay? I, you know, I use, a, everybody has their metaphors. I use nursing ones. Like in the emergency room, accident in emergency room, someone comes in and they had a road traffic accident and they're bleeding and there's pain everywhere. Oh my gosh, what do we do? We can't do everything. Everything's just all over the place. We're ripping their clothes off. We're checking their heartbeat. We're checking this. We're uh, putting. So what we're doing? Well, we're watching for the blood. Where are they bleeding? Number one, Is, are, have they had a breath? Did they have a brain injury? What are their eyes? Check their pupils. Quick, is he having a heart attack? You know what I mean? They're just like neutralizing. Oh, he's screaming, give him an injection of morphine quick. So that's what happens in the emergency room. And anybody who doesn't know what, us, what nurses and doctors do in the emergency room. So that's what you call the neutralizing. You're getting it out of the severe pain. Okay. And then when that neutralizes, then after the full transmutation takes place and it's erased completely so there is a little bit of time it's a healing process remember it's a process it takes time but it's worth it and mine isn't fully gone because but uh i've definitely got to the point of yes it's been neutralized and transmuted i can feel that but i still have the memory because i had dialogue with that person and so obviously i have the dialogue in my head and i'm trying to let that go now because i don't really want to continue with that person and obviously I will pray from time to time for that person so that they find peace and restoration in their life and that is another part of healing with God is that we have to have the desire for everyone to heal and I did actually stumble on that again when I was praying as well so I was like, oh, Lord, thank you for forgiving me and thank you for healing me and thank you that we had that dialogue and now I can move on. And um, so the prayer here is to um, keep praying and praying and praying. And they says, as I pray this prayer, please forgive me, I love you. I'm not focusing on the person, but if the person is in my severe, in my kind of realm at the moment, it'll pass. I'm responsible for for that 100%, which means I'm praying, which means that person will probably get healed because of me. Okay, so I had a, I had a confession, and I, anyone who knows me, I'm very, I am honest. I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I really want him to be healed. It's true, isn't it? Like most of us would be like that. I mean, someone hurt you badly. I mean, you, ha you want forgiveness, you want to do the nice thing and everything. But really, do you want them to be healed also and transformed and become born again and have the righteousness of God in their life and that their sin would be wiped away and forgiven forever and that they would also make it into the kingdom of God? Oh, my gosh, Lord. <sighs> you know, think about it. 
we don't call it the narrow gate for, for nothing. And I'm not leading people because I'm there. I, I'm just willing to try it. You know, I, I, I'll walk down this narrow way. I'll give it a go, you know. It's painful. And it reminded me of the book of Jonah. Uh, if you've read the book of Jonah, and Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he kept running to, to save the people of Nineveh because they were so bad and unrighteous and immoral and everything. And he didn't want to go, so he went somewhere else, and then he got thrown in the whale's belly for three days until he got spewed out onto the beach in Nineveh. And he had that thing, so I said, oh, I'm like Jonah. So I want to read the book of Jonah now. So what happened with Jonah? Jonah, God says, look, I'm sending you to these people. I want you to just tell them the gospel. I want you to tell them the gospel and tell them that I love them and I want them to repent and then and then come back to me. And I will. And he goes, I don't want them. They're not going to listen. I, I, they're not going to listen. And anyway, even if they do, they're so bad. They don't deserve your righteousness and your forgiveness. So God goes, hmm, but I forgave you, didn't I, Jonah? So as it turns out, he obeyed God eventually, and um, and they did repent and come back to God. Imagine. So there's a lot going on here, guys. I hope you're I hope you're kind of knowing what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm just going to, it's an hour now, so I'm going to try and close this up a bit. So I'm just going to fly through the notes here. So it's all about purifying your soul. So why? So that you're right with God, you're peace with God, you're peace with yourself, you have uh, uh, no attachments to anything, you're, you're not causing problems for others, you're not causing problems for yourself, you have good health because when you have uh, peace, you're not going to be getting all these you're going to be getting all these ailments. I mean, high blood pressure, cancer, all these diabetes, all these. I mean, they all get exacerbated um, through stress. And stress, if I, if I have unforgiveness in my heart and in my subconscious, plus not just one, but maybe hundreds of them, um, it's not going to be good for my health, okay? So... Um, Take 100% responsibility. I work on what I'm feeling. We need the light to change our perception. You see, we also have to change that. And remember, we also have very wrong perceptions of the world. We think this, but really we're probably wrong most of the time. So the work is always done inside me. I'm cleaning away all toxic, negative emotions, beliefs, mindsets, programming. Yes, it's a lifelong journey, but we know we got to keep doing it. And I notice in the world today, especially writing online, people are really sick of it. Yeah, us people, us writers online, poets and writers and bloggers and all that, YouTubers, um, anybody in the healing field, in personal development field, spirituality and healing field, we're done with it. We're sick of it. We want out. We want it. We just, we're, we've had enough. Well, we've woken up, you see, we know that this programming, we've been programmed and we have to deprogram. I used to have a friend of mine from Egypt. He used to say, Orla, we're just deprogramming. <laughs> the data went in and now we have to get it out. So don't let more go in. Get back to zero and keep cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and you have a divine plan. 
keep doing the prayer. And we're constantly cleaning to get back to base, get back to God, get back to your creator. So we're moving. He talks about divine planning, okay? So basically, I did all this as well because I was um, I'm making plans for my business. And, you know, I've restarted in my business as a life coach, a Christian life coach. And, you know, I've got things set up. Everything's set up. I've set up my business in the U.S. And I'm going to be in Europe as well when I'm finished here in Vietnam. And I've, I've got plans, little plans. But I didn't have a plan. You know, I have the structure put, and I said, Lord, I don't know what way to go now. I, I actually don't know. So I started all this prayer and searching, and then I started to do the, uh, what would you call it, your mission statement. And then I was like, I don't know what to write, because I know that if I write it, it does really happen. So um, you have to be careful that if you're um, that you're writing from a divine place, that you, so that, uh, you know, so that's what I'm working on. So I write things, and I read it later. I say, I, that came from, where did that? That's not very, I must have got that from a blog or something. So you don't really want to take someone else's um, idea. So if you get into the zero state, back to God, abiding in God, praying, praying, and then you have none of this data playing, no old memories, no toxic memories and all that, then the divine inspiration will come. And when I get that, then I'm going to sit down and, and receive the plan. So he said, no plan, just let the divine planning. And so we're going from victim to creator to servant, to serving the divine. And so we're serving God, which is any artist, any writer, any poet, if you serve God, your work will not be, what we say, labor, hard work. You know that? Hard work. That's the program. You gotta work hard, Orla. You gotta work hard. Okay, okay, I do my best. But like, just think about that from a new perspective, from the divine perspective. Well, it's not very fair, is it? Work hard, right? I'm a woman, I'm not really big and strong. You get some people and they're physically huge. They have so much energy and they're physically so big. I said, wow, it must be easy for them to work hard. They have a lot of big physical energy. <laughs> you know, and then you have some people, they have maybe a disability and it's, it's kind of, well, okay, so it's not really fair. But if you're in the divine calling, that won't matter, you see? It doesn't matter because if you have a disability of some sort, say, say for some reason you were in a wheelchair and you couldn't walk, you could be the best painter in the world, best writer in the world. You could still be champion swimmers and stuff. I remember my dad used to uh, give to a charity in Dublin and they were foot painters and they were Christmas cards my dad would get. But they were, I remember I was, I was drawn to the Christmas cards because of how beautiful they were. Not because it was a charity. I just said, wow, these are beautiful, Dad. Where'd you get them? Oh, he said, I just get them the, from the foot painters. What? They paint with their feet? Yeah. Beautiful. So expand your thinking. Okay. I have to close up. I have loads more here. There is a lot more. It's brilliant. Actually, guys, it's really, really good. So we want to give thanks to Hawaii and their beautiful tradition. 
uh, that they came up with this beautiful thing called Ho'oponopono, and it has been further developed along the line by Morna Simona and then Dr. Hugh Len, and there's other people using it nowadays. I'm going to adopt this as part of my, I believe it came from divine inspiration, because I need to be able to help people who are stuck with memories and that I can give them a simple process. And it doesn't matter if they're not born again Christians because Chris, people, a lot of clients come to me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not fully practicing now yet. It's coming. I'm getting ready. But I have had clients before and they wouldn't be Christian. And I, and, um, but they didn't mind because I'm not preaching to them. I'm not preaching to them. And so I can give them a simple process. They know I'm a Christian. I don't have to say it. I say it once. I believe in Jesus. Read my blogs. It's everywhere. But um, people can still come to me and I can help them. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help people to heal. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in the Bible, when they got healed... Sometimes they got healed and then believed, you know. Sometimes they need to see it. I myself was healed of depression. That definitely changed my faith, my level of faith. So, um, you know, if you are a Christian and you're finding this a little bit way out there, just pray about it, think about it. You know, and if you don't like the actual approach, well, just remember that that's what's happening with God. When you pray, it opens up the subconscious. You'll be able to bring up some painful memories by the Holy Spirit. Bring that to God in prayer. Ask God to heal it, and God will transmute it into pure light and love, and you'll be healed by, in the name of Jesus. So, so, uh, so that's it. So, everyone, thank you for listening. This is a long one. I knew it would be. And I will probably write an article on this as well next week or something. Um, just to have it here so the people know that I'm comfortable with this. I've researched it. I'm happy enough with it. And um, I have tried many inner child approaches, by the way. And I know a lot of people who use the inner child approach. And I've been looking at some. And inner bonding. You might have heard of inner bonding by... Margaret Paul and I was following her for a while because I was looking for a nice inner child process that I could help people with you know one that I would adapt myself to my own work but the model has to be simple for me because a lot of people have their spirituality is a bit stuck so simplicity is what I want to bring to people. So um, I do like Margaret Paul's inner bonding, but I think that's for people who are a little bit longer on the journey and they actually understand the inner um, child concept. And I will explain more how this ho-o-pono-pono um, can work with the inner child also. But just briefly before, if you're interested, um, the subconscious area where all those dark memories are is the kind of, that sort of is the inner child. Yeah? That basement part. So, like, that's the wounded inner child. So all the wounds go down to the subconscious, which is we call the inner child. 
and it's only called the, now i had to work through this myself to understand what, how it works and i think dr len has pulled it together for me so i'm very grateful for that because in order to do these kind of healing methods your brain has to have something there that it can hold on to that yeah i can do that it doesn't matter if your friend or your partner or your whoever goes that's very strange if it works for you it works for you you could be a writer or you could be a painter and you might just get an image of this child in within that deep child within whatever works so down in the subconscious that's where the inner child is and that's why we have to love 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 that inner child that place because that's the woundedness if you were told something you're no good you're not good enough you're not worthy what if you were abused as a child well that sent a message of i'm nothing i'm just nothing i'm just a something to be used and abused so that's really painful down there so the inner child concept means you go down there with the prayer in there and you are talking to the child i love you so you can do i love you to the divine but you can also say i'm going to take an inner child moment or do separate meditations and talk to the inner child and you're going to say i love you i'm sorry i neglected you i'm sorry sometimes i turn my back on you please forgive me i'm sorry i love you okay and that's the inner child part so anyway thank you for listening i hope that was useful if you have any questions just write them in the comment below or send me an email um i i'm really happy that we have this process that people can use because i have met some people who are very stuck and talking 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 can work for a while but um if they can't get that memory out um you could be in therapy for years i mean i had this in me for over 20 years and never came up in therapy it is also possible that i wasn't ready but the more you get used to this and the more you feel safe with it um according to dr len you can really get through that data <laughs> he says you can get that data get rid of it get it out you can really kind of detox basically faster and it makes sense because you have a method and a process and it's not hard. I mean, you can just sit for an hour. Imagine, and you can get something out. And then if something painful comes up, well, give it more time. Just don't say, oh, that's it one day. When something painful comes up, you want, might want to do that meditation twice a day for a week or something. Journal about it. Talk to your inner child. You know, uh, I think a lot of us who are mature adults who have already done some counseling or been, uh, most of us now in this generation have had some sort of therapy or some sort of uh, crisis in life or some sort of depression that we've had, we're not new to it. And I'm not really talking to like, you know, teenagers here. I'm not, I'm talking to people who are kind of pretty much on the journey. We should be a we can use this stuff ourselves, and if you're actually having, if you're actually with a therapist, counselor, or under psychiatric care, well, then you just tell them that 
you know, I'm thinking of doing these kind of meditations. What do you think? Is it okay? Please, please always consult your doctor or counselor or practitioner if you are going to start doing a practice like this because they need to know because you might have some changes, could have some healing and, you know, and, and for some people they even reduce their medication, you know, because of the healing. So, uh, you know, healing is all about holistic healing, which means everybody that's in your life, um, that's on your healing journey with you, that you need to inform, yeah, inform them. Absolutely. Okay, thank you for listening, and I hope to talk to you soon. God bless.